You are listening to the Feedback Podcast with my homie Back. All right, welcome to another episode of Back Tries to Grow a Beard. <laughs> Kinda. It's been weird. Yeah. Uh, AKA the Feedback Podcast. We got OB in the house. What's up, guys? We got our returning champ, Kimberly. Okay, how you doing? Good. Thanks Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming back. Really appreciate it. Before we get started, I wanted, uh, it was just brought to my attention like yesterday, and I, I totally zoned out on that, that feedback is about to be 10 years old. Wow. Like I was, I was going through some old videos. 10 years of, old? Yeah, Since we started, started in, in like, I think September, October 2010. And I was going through like our YouTube page and the old videos of the birthday parties and all the stuff we've done. And yeah, man, 10 years, 10 years of this thing. From the, That's from nice. The, yeah. From the parties, the coverage. Bro, uh, you should. You got your drink? You want to throw up, throw up like the, throw up like the first uh, interview or party we, we did. And then, uh, Oh yeah. How I bad mean, my editing was. Oh well, no! It was it was yeah, not. We, man. Don't don't sell yourself short because that uh, those were though. I, I I'm still getting actually I'm getting like copyright uh, claims on YouTube for some for the music on some of the videos. Oh. Uh, but other than that, man, I mean it's it's a it's a lot, and uh, you know I got a lot of people yeah. to thank. Well, thank you, Ob. You know, shout out to Angela who's been holding it down too. Uh, man, who was up who was uh, up with us early on. Everybody's come to the events, to the parties. People wow. helped me start out this thing. Shout out to Faith. Without Faith, there's no feedback. It's just, that's just a fact. Because she pushed me to, to, to launch this thing. And I wanted it to be right. perfect. And it, 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 it yeah. turned out to be, uh, to be great. So shout out to her. Uh, thank you for all your support. Uh, yeah, we have a lot of people through with, with feedback over the years. Like Angela, oh yeah, the stickers. Nico, Byron. Yeah, Kylie. A lot of people. A lot of people. It, it, it was, it was honestly, it was kind of, you know, I was kind of tearing up watching all those videos and checking out all those pictures from, uh, from back then. And wow. now we're older. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. Anyway, uh, let's jump old. into the craziness that's been happening. Uh, I want to start with Kanye, man. Uh, yeah, Kanye like, going on you- a, a, a tear this week. Yeah, I don't. Well, let me preface by saying that, uh, and I'm just, I've, I'm not saying that like hindsight 2020. Like I was, I don't own a single Kanye album. <laughs> I like the, I do like really? the old Kanye. No, I don't. I really don't. Um, I, mean, I, 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 I have two. First two. That's it. Like I appreciate the, the 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 music and the production that he's brought to the game over the years. I mean. Uh, what is it? On, over the wire, under the wire, like that first. Through track. the wire. Through the wire. See, that's how well I know the guy. <laughs> uh, like Gold Digger, all those songs, Jesus Walks. Like I'm all about. Okay, this guy used to, you know, really hustled and put up some beats, and then, you know, you marry a Kardashian and you go crazy, yeah. and, and start spewing some stupid shit, and then now he decides to run for, for president. And I remember, you- like. Oh, how I found out about it. I, I yeah. remember seeing it on my news feed first and I thought it was a meme. I thought like somebody found like some kind of onion article where they're like, Oh, Kanye's deciding to run for president in 2020. And I thought it was, I thought it either was a meme or like a, or some kind of satire like the article. Onion. 
or remember he he did the, he made the whole announcement like at the MTV Awards like years yeah, ago, he, and he, I thought he, it was I thought it was like an old rehash of that. But then I kept seeing it like everybody was like was like Kanye is in the presidential race or something, and I just got like really really frustrated and 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 just annoyed. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Well, <laughs> like. I mean, here's my take on it from like the, the field that I work in in coaching and mental health and even like the, the book that I wrote, you know, like a stigma around mental health is that Connie's been diagnosed with bipolar. Everyone knows that. And yeah. if you have anyone who's, that's friends with you and you, you or you deal with people in relationships that have bipolar and things like that, you understand that there's there's if it's unmanaged at certain areas, it can cause some different thoughts and some different ways. Grandiose mania, the manic part. And I think with with him is that he brings to, to I guess, the stage, how Britney Spears is a good example too, how bipolar does play into like a person's everyday life and then their bigger plans. Because some people mm -hmm. just go, well, Kanye's crazy, but it's like, well, technically he does have a mental illness or yeah. struggle and he does, he would follow all of the things that would come with that if not managed properly. So that idea of grandiosity, that idea that he knows everything, um, the, the pressure to stick with something he said at the MTV Music Awards. You know, in my life, the people that I know that, are, that I've loved and are my friends that are bipolar, this seems like manic kind of, you know, stuff. Britney Spears is in something similar too. A lot of people are comparing them right now saying, if it's not yeah. Spears dancing with a little 90s tube top and some, you know, booty shorts it's kanye running for president and i think just really good to kind of look at both of them and say it kind of puts mental like awareness up on this stage um and kind of see how their bizarre what would seem like bizarre behaviors seems normal. i mean that's that's one silver line like if he if he didn't kind of come out and and like was honest with people to, to tell them that he was he's honestly is bipolar like with this what he did last year and everything it kind of came clean like hey I come off of my meds every now and then and I have these like episodes but it's just like I wouldn't have I wouldn't have never thought that somebody that's bipolar could be like dangerous in in some kind of way like the only reason the like Kanye is with his conditions just because so many people take what he says like at like like it's bible like right. it's fact like uh, like so they'll follow him no matter like and and it's and it's frustrating because like you have those like French people that just like are ride or die. Like he has a good chunk of of a fan base that'll just ride or die. Like that'll just ride with him wherever he, whatever he wants to do. If you well, that's why even, I if, to and they and they won't they won't they won't mark it off to like hey I think Kanye's racing right now with his his condition. They just well, think like no he's a genius right now. He's this is what he's talking about. No no no, no I, I'm not I'm not buying that. Not I, I mean either. Obviously, because like, again, this is what I work in. So and I have my, my system, a lot of people that I deal with. So I see this exact thing. It's not an excuse because they, some people in those states do know what they're doing. They're, they're, they're doing it on purpose. But uh -huh. it does come from that internal like issue of like, I, I'm, I'm off a little bit and I don't manage it well. So it puts ideas in my head. I know what I'm doing because I've watched myself do it for like 15 years. I know I'm doing yeah. it. So that's where the accountability needs to come in and he needs to be accountable for it and say, I can't just blame an illness, but I did want to kind of throw that out there because I don't think it is talked enough about so that some of the followers can say, I don't think this is quite right, but on the other side, Kanye should take responsibility for what he does. I mean, I have a friend who met them and she was on like a 
hosting TV, you know, like shop, mm -hmm. shopping network, him yeah. promoting her line. And I said, how was it meeting Kanye? And she said, well, he was like a two-year-old mentally. And I said, oh. And she's like, yeah, like he was having an episode and he literally just had to sit right next to the stage with Kim and was literally on an iPad the whole time. And you weren't allowed to make eye contact with him because like it set him off, it triggered him. And she's like, before that, I thought he was just an asshole. I thought he was just making it up. But engaging with him, I under I saw it with my own eyes. Like she, and she like always told me he's bullshit. He's making it up for attention. But when she, she was a TV host and she actually saw it, I was, and I, and I recognized it too when I was seeing some of his interviews, when he'd be like saying stuff, I'm like, this sounds similar to what I deal with with people in my life. So, is, I mean, I don't is know. A need, is a need for validation part of that because he keeps calling himself really? genius and yeah. God speaks through him. Yeah. And now he's all about God. He does all these like the Sunday services. He, Joel yeah. Osteen is his, favorite, is his best he friend. Put up with the Christian album. So it's always, yeah. he has to prove, like, it's, a, it's the grandiose idea that I was trying to explain. That they're, you know, I don't want to talk too much because people are going to say that I'm giving, bipolar is a spectrum, right? Yeah. So I don't want to speak for anybody who has it, and I don't want to stigmatize it. I actually want to take the stigma away from it and say that yeah. it's just like any other condition. You need to look at it. But I do think that some people, um, even without bipolar, maybe it's not the bipolar part, but some people that have bipolar do have a, sen a higher sense of needing to be validated on some grandiose level, and that's the manic part. And that's what I saw. I read that. So, like, let's so let's say like let. So let's say like most of the most of the public knows this about Kanye. So do we give him like a a pass? No. At like what well, for his <laughs> actions for like nope. Like yeah. if 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 this because if like if it, like because if this continues and it, and it goes the distance where he's actually in the presidential race, and he starts peeling off votes from either like the Republican side or the Democratic side just because he's ha he's kind of experiencing something. Dude. condition also like narcissistic personality disorder is a real mental illness as well, and he's president. So he doesn't get a pass. What, why I brought it up was to say, mm -hmm. hey guys, like this person may not be like exactly all, all you know, put together. And so if you are a follower of his and you think everything he does is gold, you might want to understand that some of like what's coming out of his mouth is a manic episode type speak. It's not necessarily inspired by God. That's what well, I'm yeah. you can You can be a hardcore follower when it comes to his music that that's fine because i mean when it, it will say stupid shit and then it's like oh i'm dropping an album or i'm dropping a, something yeah it's, like me me i'm a hardcore kanye fan fine like i love his music and everything but it's sure. just but i can recognize when somebody's experiencing something that's not what they say it is like it's it's like like his 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 uh disorder is like there's there's good there, like this is probably one of the bad side effects of it but there's been amazing good things that's come out of it too where, where you can see it in his music that stuff that he yeah. creates and stuff he he raps about and stuff like i was like dude if you if he didn't have that disorder he wouldn't be able to do exactly. a lot of the stuff he does or come up with a lot of these ideas that he comes sure. with up with but so, it's, it's, so it's like it's, it's like it's a double-edged sword it's kind yeah, of like the people that like love him and support that. him for all these great things like this is this is kind of the 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 other edge of that sword too but it's just if we could teach people to embrace their if you have a mental disorder right like i'm adult autistic 
And I have mm -hmm. had to prove that because people go, you don't seem autistic to me, but it's again, it's a spectrum. And I have been since I was little, but if you get around me a lot, you know, some like issues, communication skills and dramas and traumas and weird things that I do, but I know how to manage that. I understand how that fits within society. I try my best to understand how it's good for me, what, how the, the good parts are and how it's like going to hurt me if I don't pay close attention to those things. With bipolar, the mania causes so much creativity. Like, if, like I have a family member who is brilliant. She's a fucking brilliant artist. But as mm -hmm. soon as that come down hits, it's just wild. And then the other thing about mania is that it's if you let that box open, you're letting the box open, and it's great to get all of the music he gets and all of the creativity that you get from a manic episode. But with that manic episode, you're getting the instability. You're getting the like unruliness. You're getting the inability to filter what you say and if like, you are at his here, level Kim, let me ask you this like this is your yeah. friend this, when they're going through that episode do they know that they're in that episode absolutely well my friend now we're in our 30s that's what i'm uh -huh. saying kanye he needs to have accountability because at by the time you know you have a diagnosis you mm -hmm. know what the patterns look like you know what manic is you know what you're capable of doing you know when you've messed up fucked up you know what the good things are so he's, let me, I read his, I saw a few of his interviews and he said, I choose to go off the meds so I can have a manic episode to create, but that's why yeah. he goes to Wyoming. That's fine. Right? If you stick that's to music. He goes to yeah, there, but he, sometimes he doesn't stick to music. Well, yeah, you know. Clothing and he, he goes to Wyoming because he can't go out and like to public and mess with people. Right. And not that bipolar people do that. I'm just saying like, he's off by himself and he's not triggered as much. He can create. Because I've because I've seen like both interviews. Oh, sorry. I've seen both interviews where where he's he's admitted like out like at the top of the interview. One, I'm doing this interview. I'm on my meds right now, so I'm gonna seem a little bit like chill or or mellow. And then another one where he'll come out and say I'm not on any meds, and he's all over the place, like running around TMZ and stuff. Like, yeah. and you're admitting so that you're off your you're, you're off your meds. I'm like, this is like this is not a good. This is. But I, I, I was like, I can't judge. It's just like, I, I know he had, like, you have some kind of method. You know, you, you come off your, like, and from somebody from somebody that takes a lot of meds, I could understand, like, not wanting to be medicated all the time. It just, it, it, something about it just seems like it, it stops your whole thought process. And, and just, and this whole country has, like, a pharmaceutical problem. Oh, well, done. Like, yeah, Here. but I'm not going to go sidetrack into that. What, what really got me when, when he announced it, like over a tweet, uh, you know, we've been talking for the past few weeks about what would be the thing that would take our, our, our uh, that would distract us from the Black Lives Matter movement. Oh, yeah. And mm -hmm. as soon as he tweeted that, I'm like, fuck, now everybody's going to talk about Kanye for a few days. Yeah. And, and, and BLM is going to take a back seat. And that's, that's what happened. I think that yeah. I think that's what happened. So people were trying to. There, there was a huge interview on on uh, Forbes.com, where the guy actually talked to Kanye and then asked him like some you know pretty straight up questions like what do you what what are your take what are your take on you know foreign policy and on Biden and on your that that uh, you embracing Trump and and you read the answers and you're like that does not sound like a a reasonable yeah viable candidate for anything yeah, other four, than dude you created interview stick to that and because and like, what are because what are the talking points that came out of that interview he was like he wants his he's wants to be he wants to call his party the birthday party 
Well, because it's it, going to be a celebration when they win yeah. or something. Everybody. And then like, and then, and then he then, goes, "Vaccines are the mark of the beast." I'm like, how can you have someone <laughs> in in any kind of a, like, you know, uh, position of power that believes that vaccines are the mark of the beast, and we should just pray to God and hope that this thing goes away? And then it's just like, and it was just like different statements like that contradicts other statements where like, hey, I'm taking my MAGA hat off, like I'm I'm stepping away from Trump. But yeah, then, and the, the, but then like the very next like question, it's like I don't mind if I take away black the black votes from the Democratic Party because it's, like, it, it's like that isn't that like helping Trump if you're if that's what like, your your whole this is like so it's a contradictory contradicting illness. So the brain does not, it, it literally it has, can have those two contradicting thoughts exist in there. And I think like one of the things that I feel sad about Kanye for me, when I watch things, you know, I'm watching like a lot of my friends that have, that were really inspired by him that are, I'm, you know, I, I love Kanye's music up until a certain point, then it gets a little off for me. So that's where I, not as much, but my hardcore Kanye fans, the ones that grew up, you know, on Southside Chicago, followed him through that they they saw the struggle of who he was when he was coming up with jay-z and like how that was so inspiring like they saw people like common who matured into rap and how he matured into a man and what he brought his message with and kanye didn't mature into anything like that and so they lost that connection with this dude they they really felt a connection through his music on and he didn't grow with that and he's not growing with those people now. He's he's really. I mean, you can be a hard K, hard hardcore Kanye fan, but still be like shits off, man. And that's not the same as what people had hoped with him. I think his mom's death also brought a lot of issues. It triggered it, this to spin. And then you're on a reality show with the Kardashians. So this is a multi. Just for the Kardashian period, you lose your shit. Yeah, multi-layered thing on reality shows. Worst thing you can do for a bipolar type situation is to put a camera on it and put a spotlight on it. And that's Britney Spears too. Right now people are saying that. And I'm always having to say that in my coaching groups. They're like, you know, women want to say some shit. And I'm like, y'all are talking like she's wearing these clothes and making fun of stuff, but we know Britney's Britney. We, we know she's got bipolar. And then they're like, oh yeah, that's so sad. And I'm like, well, no, we just need to be aware of that. Like you, when you go, why is she doing one thing one day and one thing the other day? If we just understood mental illnesses as they were, we know to hold accountability say, hey, if you know you have this, pay attention know, and, let, and, and get a support system. His support system is the Kardashians. Like, yeah. that's not yeah. a good support system because they're going to do anything to exploit, get more views for their stuff, obviously. And I know a lot of the Kardashian fans are going to kill me for I that. Don't know. I don't know. Nah. I'm in the minority. I feel like Kim is really good for him. <laughs> like, she, I feel like I she's like the same. I think she got the, he got the next best thing because he saw Jay-Z she... got Beyonce. It's like, who else can I get? Can I get married to that? I'll be like, we're the other well, people. And he and Kim go back so far. Like he wanted Kim when she married um, her first husband. Uh, what's his name? The the, uh, the Chris Humphreys. Chris Humphreys. He wanted her then and he couldn't have her. Kim has always been somebody that he wanted and he was he felt like was the attainable. And when she became the Kardashian, I actually don't have an issue with Kim Kardashian in, in a lot of ways. I'm just saying they are very good at exploiting things for their mm -hmm. show and it's what they've done and it's just natural to them. I don't say that to be rude. I just know that that's as a marketer and in that culture, you can tell that's what they're good at. They're good at exploitation of a situation. So I don't think that's healthy. I think maybe Kim could be healthy for him, but I don't think the exploitation of him is healthy 
for him when he's not going to be able to rein in when he's in front of so many different cameras, she's not standing with him all the time. So like with yeah. my friend, my friend's like, she watched him from the side during the commercial breaks, all that kind of stuff. She was like, you good, this is happening. He can't touch that, this kind of thing. Kim is actually really on her shit with him, but she can't, she can't be with him everywhere because it looks like she's babysitting him. So I think that's when he gets a little wild, honestly, is when he's like, oh, Kim's got like a fashion shoot over in like overseas. I'm about to go meet up with Trump and wear my MAGA hat. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, hope we will. I hope this like is short lived and we can kind of get out of this whole Kanye I, cycle. I really hope so, too, because I mean, when this comes out and then there's the uh, the fact that he got money from uh, from the government. Uh, oh, yeah, that came out. That's like, yeah. And it's like, oh, no, I'm not with Trump no more. But I mean, seriously, if you read some of the shit he said in that, in that interview, how it's a lot of God, 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 this, God, that. And I'm like, eh. It's because his, uh, the, the person he kind of selected as his running mate is a pastor. He so, officially course, said he wanted Joel Osteen? <laughs> no, it wasn't. It, no, it's not Joel Osteen. It's somebody yeah. else. Okay, I was, I was like, that's not what I thought. Oh, I hope not. I know, I know they're tired, Osteen, but... If he ran, like, that would be scary as hell, too, because he, he would have a good chance of winning. He has so many followers not, that don't even exist in Houston. But like, here, yeah, but here's the thing. Like, you, not him. You got to take in consideration that you have maybe not the majority of the population, but enough to that can fuck things up. People would be like, yeah, as a goof, I'm just going to vote for Kanye. It's because it's, dude, you know, because you think about, like, in 2016, we would not take this that seriously at all. But exactly. since Trump, since Trump, like, showed a celebrity can successfully become in, like, get into office, exactly. you have to take this, these things, like, full on serious now. Like, yeah, you can't. Like, 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 think about, like, let's th throw a hypothetical out there, like, if, if it's not Kanye, which other celebrity would you be just as frightened of that could actually get enough people to support them? The Rock. To get it. You think The Rock? <laughs> Seriously. The Rock, The Rock, Oprah. Um, uh, who else? I wouldn't be as scared for, uh, for those two. Um, I mean, I think, yeah. if Tom Hanks decided to, to, to run, I mean, these are like people who Jennifer are Jennifer Aniston? No, no, no. Like, that's, 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 no. She's, she's beloved. Like, I think she, no, she but I mean, could like, get a bunch like of... America's Sweetheart type shit. Yeah, I know. Like, like, love, it's just but like you have no idea what you're talking dude, about when it comes. What about to that that K-pop band troll Trump? Like they have a a clear big fan base. Like I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but they wouldn't be able to run. But they wouldn't familiar. be able to run. But I'm just no, but but it's saying. It, but it, but this this whole era of like celebrities that could just kind of run for office is it's kind of scary, man. <laughs> I mean, it's, maybe it's, it it is a distraction. I mean, not a maybe. It is a distraction. Period. And mm -hmm. honestly, it's a joke. Uh, I agree with Jacqueline in the chat. It is, mm -hmm. it is, it is a joke, and there's no. But we're not going back. We should at least not acknowledge. No, that. but I mean, it should be it's shut down over. right away. Whatever yeah, the, the credentials like, are to become president, to even like, run at this point, back. like you got to get signatures, you got to raise money. You got to be like, look, man, you don't need yeah. the. It's not a black or white thing. Like we can't have somebody I mean, like you with like, the nuclear Obama coats. Was, was I mean, he wouldn't. He was an actor, and that happened in the '80s, and then Trump, a reality star in 2016. Yeah. So no, but thing, it, look at, like, we're look, not going backwards. We won't go backwards. Like everybody's going to see it as like anybody can run now. So we have to at least take these things seriously and understand that maybe some reform needs to be put into place. 
that has some requirements or something because at this point the door is not going to go back shut like yeah. Reagan did not have a background in any form of politics and he was able to really move up there and get into politics and mm -hmm. honestly to be a Reagan fan that's great but he did a lot of fucked up shit dude I so, think that the door is so wide open now it's so like, wide open now like, but like think about like in 20 like in 2050 we'll have like an influencer that's running for office and we're just like yo <laughs> <laughs> this is just this is, this is this the, the time we live in now like which which youtube influencer do you want to be chief of staff right yeah. now like but you it's know, just craziness but you know man i think i mean any election all elections from the from the 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 dawn of humanity have always been a, have always been a popularity contest they want to make it out to be this like grandiose journey like yeah i want to serve blah 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 but you know George Washington was the first president because he was a war hero. Done. Like, you didn't need to know much. You're like, okay, this guy everybody likes. All right, so we're going to put him up there. You know, Reagan, yeah. same thing. Clinton, he went on Arsenio and then played some saxophone. Oh, we like the guy. George Bush, oh, yeah, I, wanna, I, I wanted to have a beer with him, even though he's an idiot. But, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go for it. And now Trump. Obama, I mean, Obama, too, same thing, popularity contest. You have Obama and McCain, and you go, huh, who, who do I want to hang around? Right. So it, it, it's a weird system. It, it's a weird system that that's that that's one one complex as fuck between the raising the money and the electoral college and the popular vote and all that stuff and the different states and the different weight. I mean, it's a mess. And so and if and the you know the gerrymandering and all that all that stuff and you're like and the Jackson. It's a popularity contest at the end of the day. So why make it something other than that? By throwing in all these different, you know, th these things. And then, you know, you get people on, on stage talking about, yeah, I want to, I'm doing this for my country. And this is the noble thing. I'm like, no, I just, the public, the public, the public, likes, to, the public well, likes to feel like they're vetting people. How did we, but are we really vetting people? Not, not Bernie. No. And that's the other thing too, is that, that's a good question. How you end up with Joe, a Joe Biden over Bernie is that a lot of people are not educated on a lot of things. Like, you yeah, say, but, like, they don't understand a lot. They hear what they see on TV or, or and a lot on TV or on, in the feed. So mm -hmm. not many people, people are actually educated on what a person they're voting for is actually standing for or stood for. And I've just found that to be quite interesting this last year. I was a Bernie fan. If you see our fridge, I've got Bernie everywhere and I'll still rep that till the day I die. Yeah. But the thing is, is that with with um, any type of you know race or whatever, what I saw this last year was genuinely when I would speak with someone on policy, I would be like, oh, why? You know, I want to just genuinely know why do you back that person? And they would give me some regurgitated thing that they heard from their friend or their neighbor. They didn't actually go read it. They didn't actually know a person's past. They didn't know anything about what it actually if that person had voted, if they had voted for a bill. Kanye or, never voted for anything. Well, not voted that's, a, that's the craziest like, thing, like too. Bernie or Joe Biden or Obama or different things like people were very like interested to find out later that Obama, you know, most of the time that he ever was in Senate, like and some people are going to get they, they get annoyed when I bring up Obama like I'm attacking him. I'm just saying what's public. He voted president. He didn't actually choose. He's always been very good at staying kind of in the middle. And that did really well for him. Yeah. But, but that's he, that's the that's the whole thing, how we ended up with a uh, Biden right now, like. The Democratic Party, like, like, like think about before before we before we got into this year, mm -hmm. like the Democratic Party was 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 dead set on 
we need to find, we need to pick somebody that is right in the middle that can pull enough Republican people that's not going to scare them away like a Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren right. that's so far left that they won't ever pull away any Republican like fringe voters. So right. we're like, let's let's just pick the most kind of in the middle guy that we can we can find, and that's why they all kind of dropped out and they all supported Biden all like like a like a simultaneous coordinated attack kind of yeah i mean i mean obama made the calls not to be rude but like he kind of he kind of fucking did that shit like kudos to him like everyone's i mean it's public yeah i get it but then but like that's like uh but at the same time like we could we could paint it as it's just that they wanted it to be republican votes but no but now 2020 has changed like there's a lot more than just the fringe votes yeah and it's, it's really like, they're going backwards and it's, it's probably going to fucking cost them because they were the establishment wanted it to be their way and they thought we've always been able to get our way and hillary's hillary's documentary came out right before the primaries you're telling me that bernie's pulling the winner of all of these elections biden is at sixth top now he didn't get he did not get he did not win one state bernie's winning 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 Pete and him tied, and then all of a sudden Obama makes these calls, and then everybody starts voting for Biden, and it's like, because they endorsed him, and it's just like, you got to understand something about that, too, is that when the people like Obama and Nancy Pelosi and that group, they're still a little bit behind. They're not on Twitter. They're not in the social media. They're not seeing what people are actually doing, so they still believe that whatever worked for them four years ago, eight years ago, will still work for them. It's not working. And now they're pulling it. And like last year or the, the last time when it worked, got Hillary close to beating Trump, they thought it'll it'll happen. Hillary's in that middle yeah. spot too. Everybody goes like, it's and weird. Everyone goes back. close to him, uh, to her. She, yeah. Like the first woman president, a lot of people voted for because of that. Joe is not pulling those votes. And I'm into statistics. I read a lot of polls and it's always worked for my job. And like, I just wanted to look at it lately <sighs> if it was working not working yeah. people like non staying home have you noticed yeah. that a lot of people it was like bernie both? it was bernie's fault too because i think that he was not that it, i mean that he's been consistent for decades about what he stands for and what his ideas were he's always talked about the same stuff but he never wanted to move to the middle a little bit he stayed so strong on his his ideals and and never wanted to move that people were like look man this is too radical of a change for a country like that so we're gonna go with Uncle Joe. So I mean, it's also it's also his, his responsibility. At, at, I mean, he actually did move. I mean, that's that. I mean, I think too late. What, like, when he did he when he did it was too late. He came out too strong saying this is where I am I mean, and I'm not budget. But, but what what he came out strong with is is actually what the Democratic Party has taken on as their norm now. Like yeah, now just, <laughs> now. Like I'm saying, I mean, he, he did, he did what he, he did. And I mean, he did it and he moved a whole fucking party this much. That takes a lot. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you can say it's his fault because they were never going to let him. I'm just straight up. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. It's mm-hmm. straight up. They were never going to give Bernie the nomination. Never, ever, ever because of other reasons. And actually Bernie does come close to the middle. Like if you go, they call him the amendment king for a reason. You go and you look at Bernie's record. He goes and he takes a bill that's mm-hmm. kind of like radically left or right, and he compromises with people and he gets them closer to the middle and some ground. So he actually does vote a lot of the time closer to that middle. 
But the media, if you don't do your research, you look at Bernie as extreme radicalism. That's, but he's actually not that, there that you radical. Go. And so you see that, right? But when you go back behind the scenes, because my ex-husband was in, is in politics. So when you go back behind the scenes and you have that data that you can look at, you can see that Bernie actually was not putting anything out there that wasn't doable. It's just, unfortunately, the delivery was, was super radical. And that's where I agree with you. He takes responsibility in the way that he came out strong in wanting to radicalize. Mm -hmm. And he thought that it worked for Trump so well, but it worked for Trump so well because Trump found an entire group of people that felt like they didn't have a voice. And they were like, hell yeah, we have a voice now. But that was not the case with Bernie. A lot of his people were on board, but they didn't actually show up to the polls. So a lot of you know younger voters were polling. They didn't actually show up. And you know my kids are around that age. They can't vote just yet. But I was like, your friends that are 18, did they go vote? And they're like, no, they didn't make it out to vote, but they're still repping Bernie. Okay, well, but well that's not going to work. Yeah, but now we're at, a, we're at a point where all Joe has to do is not fuck up. Joe's yeah. not gonna win. I, I'm gonna call it now. He can't. He's not gonna win. I, I can tell you. This, oh, don't like, say I, I read statistics uh, in the polls, and I can tell you. I told people. Uh, Why well, you gotta put it out there? Shit. I don't want it to happen. I'm, I'm. I'm saying it so people will actually show up. I'm saying it so, like, to say, look, if you were, look with Hillary, people assumed that she was going to win, and yeah. that, and you just had to keep her, her, herself straight, and then Trump won. So what I'm saying is, right now it doesn't look like Joe's got the best the best thing because Trump is talking all this racist stuff, talking about the way he's the way he's acting. It's very much how he did in 2016, and he got everybody fired up again. That's, well, that's what I was going to bring up. Was like everyone's going back to their old playbook, like why, like yeah, but Biden is doing is doing the exact opposite in his rhetoric. Right, but Biden's not really anywhere. Like, I mean, you're looking okay. at polls. He like, doesn't because he doesn't. But it's like, but but he honestly, he doesn't. He stands for one be. thing: is I'm going. I can be Trump. Everything else, really, yeah. don't so care. So what I'm saying, like, if you want Trump out, don't assume that because you see in your feed that people hate Trump, that that he does not have the. Vote. Oh look, I look. I, if there's one thing, I, I do not underestimate the American people. Yeah, like, <laughs> I've been in this country long enough yeah. to where I'm like, you know what? Most <laughs> average people are just average. I totally yeah. get that. And it's not insulting, it's just the way it is. I know. Don't yeah, underestimate people. Actually, that bring, that actually brings in something else I wanted to talk to you, get your opinion about. Because this has been tripping me out. And I had like this conversation with uh, one of my other friends about this. So um what 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 is what is what is the protocol now in 2020 when you're in public and somebody's reporting you? Reporting like, you for what? Record, like if it, like oh, if recording. you're in a care if you're in a Karen situation, because so because how how are how is like every 48 hours there's a new Karen showing up, and like it's like and they see the phone recording them, but they continue to do what they're doing wrong. <laughs> like you know how what? do you not how do you not stop at that point? I don't remember care. Back, back in the day when somebody would you would see a phone pop up, you see the light, and somebody would yell out "World Star," you um, you automatically know what the hell is happening to you. But from in this glad. time in, in this day and age, it's somebody so can start yelling racist stuff, like doing whatever they're doing. People pull out a phone, and it, it does not stop them at all. They continue. What is this? Like, I, <laughs> I don't know, but I love it because they I need to be. Personality disorder. Some people, when challenged, when you say, "See how you're acting? Look, I'm recording you right now." Some people will actually get the, it'll trigger them to be more enraged, and they don't have that rational thought process. 
So when you see those Karens going off, the phone probably has triggered them even more because they're like, you're recording me? To oh my God. Like, to like, like, so do, do people not like, like, cause by now, like we all know the, the, what the, the whole chain of events is going to happen. Like this video is going to get uploaded. My employer is going to see this. And I'm going to lose my job. Dude, you're just, are, are people just, are people just, you get to a point where you're so angry that you just, you, you don't care anymore? Or, or are you, are you just oblivious? Like, are, are you just, are they just daring them? I dare you to try to make this video go viral. Like, it, it, it can try- be both. Like, have you heard the term going red? Like someone went red? Yeah. It, it's the term of like, um, I used to have anger issues because my childhood and I went into anger management and they, they taught me ang- going red means mm-hmm. you literally like just see red. There's no rational thinking. You're just like, I am going in on this right now. And until I get everything out, I don't stop. There is no rational thought process of job, video, YouTube, whatever. It's seeing red. So I think it's both. I think it's that some people just don't care and they think no way would I end up there. They don't have that ability. And then second, some people do have it's road rage type of thing. You know, like a person will literally chase a person down six miles to go tell them off or flip them off or hurt them because they're just, it's called seeing red. So I think that that's what happens. You're catching a person in the moment of where their anger has taken over and it's become rage. And when it becomes rage, especially in this country right now, a lot of racist white women are enraged that their thoughts are not being accepted and that that black women are getting this black women or black culture is getting attention and people are looking up for them and if they feel the slightest bit like they're a victim of something in their life and it's not getting attention they will mm-hmm. literally go off and especially if it's a person of color that's filming back have you ever been that enraged before where you can't calm down no See? I have. Like either of you, have y'all been like? No, I mean, I've, I've been, I've been in. Reg- I, I used to be an angry kid, believe it or not. I used to like, you know, we have an expression in in, in French. If I translate, it's uh, milk soup boils very quickly. Mm-hmm. So when you call someone milk soup, it's like, look, I can say two words and you'll just snap. And that's how I was when I was a kid, like bang my head on walls type shit. And then I didn't yeah. take any anger management to- courses, but at my what it, I was. Maybe I used 11. to get that angry before, but I think like now that I'm older, I'm 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 more aware of it, and I try to like calm it down or keep it suppressed. Like I don't want friends. I don't want to get caught time. in that situation where I'm like that upset that I can't I, that I could see a phone and I would still continue to be that upset and continue on doing whatever vicious thing I'm on my way to do. That almost always has a, a mental thing. For me, my anger is different than yours. Back like you're like two words. I'm, I'm this, I'm chill, I'm chill, I'm chill. Okay, my friends call, like, when they said that when my eyes go squinted, like, that's when you've lost me. Like, if I'm mm. like, mm-hmm, 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 I'm really trying to be patient, 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 patient. Okay, you're still pushing me, you're pushing me, you're pushing me, pushing, 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 and I know this is you know, annoying. I'm that now. It, it just takes, it takes a while. Cause push, yeah, cause... And then you just I go. Slamming, I start slamming tables. <laughs> And that's exactly what happens to me. So I, I'm like, I will try everything with any situation. De- de-escalate, de-escalate. Okay, I'm good. You're okay. We're a, but if a person's pushing, push, 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 I can snap. So I don't have that now. But one of the things for me is that the anger management for me was to make sure that I didn't, when people would push, 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 that I wouldn't snap and be like, okay, now we got to like get, this is a crazy situation. 
Mm -hmm. I was 19 when that happened and mine was because of an assault. So anger, I developed anger as like a coping mechanism. So I took anger management to get rid of that. But I definitely know what it feels like. Like I had a friend tell me that like she had blacked out and hurt someone sometime, one time and everybody like blacked like, out rage? Blackout rage, like just blacked out rage. And they're like, hey, can you believe that? And I was like, I mean, I've had something, I haven't blanked out with rage that bad and hurt somebody or been physical crazy like that. But I have had similar situations, like I have Addison's disease. And one of the things that we deal with is the ability to not regulate fight or flight responses. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people do have this and don't know it. And so like, if, if I feel like attacked, especially with like PTSD type stuff, or I'm going to be in danger, my body might malfunction. And I feel like I have to like fight my way out of something. And so it's one of those things too, is that you right have to be aware. This is an example um, that I was telling oh, you is like- Like this, like how, like how, like when you see the camera recording you and you're vandalizing public property. And just like, how, do you, how, do you, how do you not stop yourself? She was from... yelling back to the people. She was feeling it. She was glad she was being, like she was proud of it even. That's yeah. what's wild. And then like, so this couple went and vandalized the Black Lives Matter. I mean, this is what uh, you do on, on a beautiful afternoon. You got nothing else to do. And you're like, you know what? I'm, this is what I'm going to do today. And now they've been charged with a crime. Like they've been, they've been yeah. charged with a hate crime or something. That's yeah. what they said. Yeah. And I, the guy, like I watched this whole video. This guy is, is saying, because uh, the crowd that's watching are like, do y'all have a permit there? to do? And they're like, no, this is vandalism. I'm here to clean it. Like, uh, you don't have a permit. You're, what you're doing is vandalism. They actually got a permit to make this mural. <laughs> it's yeah. just like, it's just like yeah, his logic. <laughs> and then the, and then the, she actually did everyone a favor because she stated within the lines of the yellow Black Lives Matter, and it's a yeah. perfectly, well, perfectly let, painted let me, let Black Lives Matter. <laughs> let, let me close that real quick. Let me ask you this because yeah. the the case of the. Central Park Karen is uh -huh. coming up and yeah. the what's his name Christian Cooper the the bird watcher said is not cooperating with the with law enforcement like he's not pressing charges or anything like that and his his response is you know what this this girl she lost her job she lost her dog her, her business whatever she was doing on her own that's gone too she's humiliated everybody knows who she is Basically, her life is destroyed. And he's like, I don't want to pile on to that, you know, by making that bad, by cooperating with the cops and making sure that, you know, she gets a fine on top or she take, she gets, you know, jail time or whatever. So what, I, what, what do you think about I, that? Response? I, I agree with him. Like, I, I would, I would side with what, what he's doing. Like, I, I don't think I would pile on at that. Like, if if nothing happened to her to begin with, then sure, yeah, press charges and, and see if she gets a ticket. But but she she already, I think we all know that she lost her job, and she's been humiliated like not like nationwide. Like what else? Like she she nobody really got hurt at that. Like thank goodness nobody got hurt in that case. So I feel like I feel like she got punished enough. Like I feel like for what she did for trying to make a false report. You you, no, you you got I don't think like, so. what else you don't think it went far enough no because, what else, because what else he, do you need? no so I, I think that there needs to be uh an maybe an a example precedent. made out of this because here's here's the thing she knew that she could get this man killed yeah. and she used that against him it's not nothing yes yeah, it's, it's not nothing did. 
no, like I, a, a whole group of people could have gotten hurt. So I exactly. Don't so I, I I think this is this is almost this is almost like look. I'm trying to get. I'm trying to kill this guy. Like I'm literally calling somebody else to come to come hurt this guy, and that's premeditated. It's not. I I don't. I don't see yeah. it as I was trying to defend myself or anything like that because we clearly know that wasn't that that she literally used that against against him. He could have been dead by now. So, and I think that if if there's a an example to be made to where hey you do this kind of shit again, this is what happens to you. And I, I'm the, the 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 fact that yes she she lost a job she lost all that stuff. That's just the court of public opinion going against her right now imagine another case like this where the outrage is not as uh as dominant or as as big okay yeah. and the person gets away with it because it's, it, it doesn't go viral for example it's a video that maybe it's only two seconds or something not a whole lot of people see it but it still happens and whoever whoever was able to call the cops on the black person um just gets away with it that's too easy so that's true um, well, i have the proof of that from the video that i shared uh obi with the white girls here that said the n-word oh yeah this said that they were going they had they had handled it and that they had given them re repercussions and it was fine and they actually backed them in their statement by saying what they did was not good but it's also not good to cyber bully people because it could lead to suicide and all of this so they actually like like sided with them also. And what's happened is I, my children go to this school and everybody's just like, they didn't like, they're literally like, they didn't get any, nothing happened to them. I talked to them. They didn't get anything that happened to them. They needed to go to like detention center or they needed to learn something about it or have to do exactly. a training. So that, that there's nothing that came of it. And I kind of been in the middle. So I'll tell you what I, mean, I was going to ask. Yes, you're right. So I agree that one thing, one thing is that precedence always has to be set. And unfortunately, it has to be a person that messed up. And yep. if she lost all those things, it's her. Because it's, it, it is almost attempted murder. You know what you're doing, and you could lose a person's life. Now, a, a good example of how to compare this is people who used to not help people that were ODing on heroin. So they would, a person would OD on something, pills, whatever. Their friends would be like, holy shit, we don't want to call the cops because we'll get in trouble. And so what happened was when they finally started prosecuting the friends that didn't call the police, for a murder, that's when they started being like, we'll drop them off at the hospital. We'll call the police and then we'll get out of here. But what we're not gonna do is just leave them. So there had to be people that started doing that. In my hometown even, a drug dealer who had sold someone pills got charged with capital murder, like capital murder death penalty in Arkansas where I grew up. So the guy that just sold the guy some pills, he OD'd, the prosecutor said, if I don't charge him with capital murder, then some of these drug dealers won't take it seriously. And so a lot of these drug dealers stopped like doing some of that stuff because it was like, well, if they can OD on it, it's not just weed, then I'm in trouble. But on the other side, there's a little bit, I was gonna ask perspective of where y'all, have you discussed this before since I'm a guest with cancel culture, where it goes, it just becomes everybody's just ended, everything's ended all the time. How far deep do we go now? Once the president precedent has been set, now is it everybody's ruined or do we start teaching people or is it case no. by case? No, you but can't. Here's the thing. It's not something you can, the court of public opinion cannot be regulated. Honestly, right. you can't, if, if someone decides to, as soon as something happens, 
someone does some research, someone posts a picture or a video on Twitter and then goes, hey, we need to identify these people before the, like faster than the cops can or any investigation. And they're like, okay, this is the dude's name and address and this is where they work. Make two yeah. phone calls, get the dude fired. And there's no way, there's no, there's no getting around that. But if there's a system put in place that punishes this kind of behavior, that's that that could be even a bigger deterrent because now it's on it's on paper or it's it's official. Like, look, man, you do this, you get fined this much, and you do jail time or whatever whatever the punishment may be. And um, but you you can't expect, and we've talked about this before, like. You, you, you can't expect people to react the way you want them to. So some people will be offended. Some people would be like, eh, there's another one. Some people would be like, hey, let's give her a pass or give us give me a pass. It wasn't that bad or whatever. So whatever whatever their their reactions are, that's up to that's up to them. However, there needs to be something that's objectively goes, okay, you meet, you check, you know. Uh, attempted murder checkbox as is defined in the law or hate crime as it's defined. And so because of that, here are the consequences and you're gonna have to deal with that. The rest, we can't do anything about it. Right. Like the San Francisco just uh, uh, introduced uh, a bill called Karen. Karen, yeah. The (laughs) Caution Against Racially Exploitive Non-Emergency Act or Karen with a C. Yeah, that's great marketing, by the way. Shout out to what's his de- what's his dude's name, uh, Shaman Walton, black guy, uh, from uh, San Francisco. So, and it, they, they, we don't know yet, like what the repercussions will be, but I mean, he's gonna get introduced, and he has somebody else backing him up, a Filipino guy. Uh, I've been a, a conversation this week that was on Zoom. That was a social. We we do it. I told you about my friends that they hold it. And so we get together and talk about these topics, not on live, but we just do it together because mm-hmm. of the tensions that are going on to try to, you know, any 20 people usually come on. But one of the things that some people were making note of was like, even where we are, that these, these girls that did this here at our school, they're very attractive white girls that cried and was like, it's taking my college away from me. And it was just dumb. Yeah alcohol so they got away with it but when it's somebody who looks like they're like 50 and they have an art like they're just like rawr, people tend to jump on that more and they don't feel as passionate for yep. them as they do the younger people and that's where i feel like you know that's what bothered me was that these girls were looked at they literally became the victim they spun it so well that it was like people are giving me death threats and i'm like but you know what you did you put the video out like it's yep. cause and effect teaching kids cause and effect like you did it it caused from the effect. And so I was just wondering, like, if, I mean, if you've seen that play a role in it sometimes, because I see people get really angry when they see an older Karen, but when it's these younger kids, they, or, or attractive female. Attractive is the key word here. Yes. And I don't want to say it because so many women like to go, why are you saying that? But I think that's true. That's what I've seen. And the, the Central Park lady, she got a little bit more she looks different than some of the Karens and she had a different world and life and she'd done some other things. She was very well liked by a lot of her friends as opposed to the woman who's just like the head of the HOA that everybody hates already anyway. Mm-hmm. She was attractive. These girls at our school, the kids' school, attractive, very influential parents, cheerleaders, all three, you know, head of cheerleader squad. 
nothing because people because people like to give young people like the benefit of the doubt like oh they did like i did stupid things and i don't think it's a young thing i think it's it's an attractive thing as well i mean young has to do yeah because if three black boys doing something and they were young they would not have given that pass here Uh oh or if if those if those girls were uh, like ugly by Uh like today's magazine standard yeah uh, you know something would have happened to them and 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 it's it's like it's like when you see all these like uh amber alerts or kids being abducted and you're like yeah these are cute kids those are the only ones they report on like mm-hmm. when nancy grace does the did a, like a whole special about a kid that that got 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 abducted like uh what's that uh, natalie holloway or callaway whatever her name is everybody that's, knows that, her that's name. that patrice o'neill yeah joke. but it's true it's, it's, it's it is true it is it's like look at look at this white girl like <laughs> she's frumpy <laughs> yeah it's absolutely true if you haven't seen elf in the room go check it out but that's absolutely true yeah like, whoever I mean, obviously, that, it was natalie holloway but absolutely she was blonde hair blue-eyed like all-american girl mm-hmm. um yeah i mean she was with her friends and she got drunk mm-hmm. and went off Every, everyone knows her the name but the, Ru- yeah. but, but the Rubian girl, <laughs> but yeah, the Ruby Ruby girl, girl like, that was murdered, the following girl. What's her name? Nobody her knows name? who that is. Exactly. Nobody <laughs> yeah. freaking remembers. Yeah. It's, it's just, a fun- good point. So yeah. I, mean, I just wanted to get funny. that out there because it's like I was kind of hushed on that a little bit this week in some of my, my groups because it was like, it's not the attractiveness. And I'm like, no, it is. It, it is. is we give attractive people a pass on yeah, a lot of things. And that, that's just culture, right? Like, uh yeah i'm a huge sports fan and then i and i do well like again it's because of analytics my brain likes analytics so people don't usually expect me to know analytics of sports but it's what i like to watch and so i'll keep up with the teams and so we were talking about it and people were like i just don't get it like all the teams are my friends you know that don't watch sports the the quarterbacks are always the, the the prettiest and the cutest dudes and i'm like well think about it they're attractive at school when they're younger, they're given the ball to be the quarterback because they're light immediately. They become mm-hmm. good at that. And so they're good at it. They become better at being a quarterback. They get more attention. So then they stay popular. in that So they're popular up until they become in the in NFL. It is an attractiveness thing. Now, the, the little kid that you may not find as attractive could be just as talented, but wasn't handed the ball because you don't like him as much because he doesn't look like- Kim, stop hating on me because I'm pretty. Yeah, it's just part of it. Right now, it's part of it. We all know you were chosen first for dodgeball. We all know. No, but there's there's a truth to it. There's really there's there's stuff. I I always wondered what what is it about. Um, I saw saw, there was a there was a uh, an experiment where they had um, it was a a blonde girl stuck on the the side of the road with a car broken down and everybody like a bunch of guys will stop and help her out the brunette they did the same thing with the brunette same situation just the, the the hair color was different i mean the girl was you know was was good looking too but she was a brunette people didn't stop guys didn't stop and yeah. there's and 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 honestly it, it, it's, it's something I, I noticed that early on because when, when i first met when i came here 20 years ago and i was like and i would i would meet white girls and i'm like that's is that really your your hair color like what is it about being blonde yeah. maybe that's a question to you too. <laughs> so, so in American culture, can, you, can you get closer to the mic a little bit or yeah. so 
for a long time in American culture, um, blondes were in majority were in the 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 movie stars Marilyn mm -hmm. Monroe. You have that. You have yep. the models that were on the the cover of the the magazines in the '60s, '70s, '80s, and so the Fair Fawcett's back into the '70s, um, and Cindy Crawford was kind of a brunette in the '80s, but. Mostly, it was these Anna Nicole Smiths and these really, you know, Pamela and they Anderson. Them Pamela Anderson, yep. blonde bombshell. You didn't hear brunettes were. Oh, it, it's it's a stereotypical thing. Brunettes, which is my natural color, um, brunettes. Just because I gotta like preface this because I'm smart. I'm just joking. But <laughs> look at this. Is my real hair. Right? I'm like, but my real hair is actually this. So if we're gonna go on smarts, brunettes. Well, okay, I have a question smart. for you about that. And then natural blondes, it had this like dumb blonde stigma to it, right? But they're the pretty. So blondes are pretty and brunettes are smart. Well, that's carried over in sort of like the culture of just that that in the back of a subconscious mind, the 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 blonde is going to be beautiful. Like anybody that's blonde has to be beautiful, right? Because it's blonde bombshell. These wordings that society has put it on magazines, they put it everywhere. Mm -hmm. We got into indie culture. We've 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 been we've obviously evolved. So people started seeing a lot of more like um, Hispanic women, um, Latinx women, people of color, women of color, Beyonce, different people become like this vision of beauty to where it's not as much like that too much. But still with some men, if you put a brunette, they're like, she's going to be smart. And you put a blonde, they're gonna be, she's going to be hot. Who do I want to help on the side of the road? Well, the brunette can probably like figure it out. Like I already had this conversation. Or just bad, evil. Yeah. I or it's like, yeah, they got TV, the brunette is the one that's a troublemaker. So, but you know, that's what I think it is. It's like just an ingrained, just like we talk about with racism and different things. We're also ingrained with beauty standards and body things. It's also with the hair of colors because you had so many stars for a long time that had blonde hair. And even now, like I told you last time on it, my daughter and I noticed a lot of the Hallmark films had only white women in it. They're always blonde as well. So what I think happens is a lot of companies look and they do, well, we do it too. We do pooling. So we put together a, a focus group and we ask them, what do you prefer? What's this, what's that? And the blondes do better for marketing, different things like that. So I do think it's a part of societal marketing that's brainwashed certain men, not all types of that. But I will tell you one thing also, not for you back, cause you're smart enough to know this, but just some of the watch, the, the people watching, I just want to say this. I was in YouTube. I work with YouTubers, all of that. A lot of these things are set up. So be very careful when you're watching things and it's guided a certain way because it's not always what it seems. And I want to say that because sometimes these videos will come out that will make a certain group look bad. In your case, it wasn't about anything bad, but it'll make a certain group look bad, but they set it up. It was fake. They were not actually doing that. And, mm -hmm. and that's, that's what bothers me. Like I saw some video where like a homeless guy, they were doing homeless things. And it was just showing that the, these homeless people were just going and buying alcohol. That's why this, this person was like, this is why I don't give money. And so they gave it to like somebody who looked like they needed help and they went in and helped somebody, but then they gave it to a homeless, some homeless guys and they would go buy alcohol. Later it came out to find out. And I know cause I'm friends with somebody who was a part of it. It came out that the homeless guys were not real. They weren't going to buy alcohol with that money. They just wanted to set up a video that kind of proved why you don't give money to homeless people because yeah. they're all addicts. That actually, Be careful well, on those videos. This doesn't have anything to do with, uh, but you just, what well, that story you just brought, brought me, like reminded me of a real life situation that happened to me that was like a aha moment that I, I really like, I was in Houston 
one time when we were, and me and my guys we were just all going out to like the nightclubs <clears throat> and there's a bunch of homeless people like around downtown <laughs> and i remember like earlier in the night this uh really just scrum like like gaunt kind of like homeless uh black black woman like came and approached me and she and she was like kind of tugged on my shirt and was like i'm hungry do you have any money and i was like and i and i said no even though i, I had cash but i just i just was kind of uncomfortable i was put off so i said no and i walked in i went to the club had a fun like a, a regular night and then went back to our hotel then when we were going into our hotel i was approached by a, a white guy but he would say he didn't look he he didn't look like a homeless person. He looked like he was kind of put together, like he just kind of got unlucky, like, oh, hey, hey, buddy, do I, uh, you have like a couple of dollars so I could get like this uh, 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 Greyhound ticket, like my, I just like lost my luggage and all this stuff. And, and then I, I was just like, and he was talking to me, like just like, like a civil conversation and I gave him money. Mm-hmm. And then like, and I remember like, when I went up to my, my room, I felt very, I felt very like ashamed of what I just did. Like, cause I was, cause I was just like, out of those two people who actually looked like they needed the money more to survive. Mm-hmm. And it was the person that, that I saw like right before I went into the club that was like s- clearly stranded on the street, clearly hungry, but because of their, like, but because I was uncomfortable, I didn't give them the money. Like, cause they, did, they didn't approach me correctly for some reason but, but then when i was in the hotel and i was like in this this guy you, i mean you're yeah you're in a rough situation but you're you're gonna be okay you're you'll you'll work something out and you'll you'll find a way home but because you're you approach me in this like comfortable that way but do you think it's, it's something that has to do with something more than the approach because if that white guy had put, and, pulled and on you but yeah drinks also before and like, it's just and i and i just and i it made me because it really questioned everything like like to the core I was like I was like, am I like, because I was like, am I racist towards like black people myself? Like, why did I not give it to the black person? Why did I give it to like, I could not, it just Wait, so really you, frustrated me. A hotel or a club? It was a, like, a, which what's the question? You're going into a hotel or club? What I'm asking is, was uh, alcohol, did you drink before? Did you, you, you walked no. in? And- no, that, that wouldn't happen because I don't drink to begin with. So I was just going to give that, like, if, if alcohol was involved, we're obviously going to be more giving. So I was going to yeah. say, yeah, yeah. Gonna- it was just, but it, it really questioned. Uh, I was like, I think after that situation, I really like, I'm very conscious of what I'm doing. So whatever I get, I still continue to give money, but like, I don't, I don't want the deciding factor of if I'm going to give this person money is their, their approach to me or how they look like i'm just like if i, I want to give money to help you and i'm gonna give money to help you like like i i feel like i shouldn't have like i don't know i was, I was really embarrassed by it i was like i shouldn't have shoot like shoot the 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 homeless person that really needed the money to survive and I couldn't, I couldn't, at that point, it was too late. I couldn't go back and track this person down. Like, they're just I vanished into the street. Weird, as the, the person that always comes from, like, a psychological coach perspective, I'm sure it's annoying, but what I've learned, and I learned this in my own, like, therapy, is um, when I've chosen one person over the other is because the one that I've, I've shied away from is one that is closer, is closer to what looks like, could be like me in certain ways, um, and mm-hmm. if somebody looks like, feels like, sounds like something that would be a fear to us, 
like she's a black lady you're she's a black woman you're black and she's mm -hmm. homeless she's there the other dude didn't look like you did all of that i've had a lot of issues with like anybody that looks like or has issues that looks like it could turn into me i could become that i'm like ugh, i don't like that feeling and i'm much less to i'm much less likely to help because something uncomfortable that has told me that's a fear that you have that you could end up like that. So I yeah. mean, I don't think you're racist when you said, I, was that racist amount of people? Our brains don't like something that can say we could end up like that. And that other guy probably, maybe, 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 I'm not a psychiatrist. I want a disclaimer on that. I'm sorry, back. <laughs> um, I just want to say like, you know, maybe because he didn't, you know, trigger any certain things within yourself it was just easier to to give to him and the other lady was easy to get away from because we we don't want like to stick because because i because i think about the same issue like it's like um i had a i had like i, I looked at the whole homeless situation like it, it's really similar to what's happening with, with black lives matter too because think about it, like every time we're at a we're at an intersection we see like a panhandle on the corner mm -hmm. what do we all do we all kind of we we do a couple of things we either we ignore like, them we, we, we try to ignore them pretend like hopefully they don't see me or they don't come to my car and i'm just gonna pretend like i'm doing other busy stuff or like i'm too focused on the road or or if they do come to my window i'm just gonna say i don't have any money on me or, or whatever and then the moment and and the moment that that light turns green and you drive past you never think about that person again but that person but that but that person's still struggling for the rest of the day but for everyone that's at the intersection you you drive past like it is since that problem is not your problem it's so easy for you to just kind of look past that issue but if we all kind of but so think about that as like like think about that panhandler if that was black lives matter if they're if they're on the corner and they're asking for help and you're and you and you want to try to ignore it because that at that moment it doesn't really pertain to you and you know the moment that this light turns green, you you'll get past this issue and you'll go on to whatever That's you were planned. You you were planned, but that problem is still there. The problem didn't go away. They're they're still there. They're still hurting. Still need help. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, and it's just one of these things that I wish I wish more. I I really wish more people had like empathy. Like I feel like I, the world it's so easy for society to just like it, have it, no it goes back more to empathy. Those people that we see, it triggers something in us. Like if a lot of the, the world works paycheck to paycheck and they're one paycheck mm -hmm. away from homelessness. So like, it's hard to look at somebody like that because again, it triggers something in us that's like, I don't want to be that. Or it yeah. also triggers like an anger of like, you could do more or I'm sure you could be better. We, we also, we have a lot of biases around homeless people and different reasons why we look at them the way we do. But the majority of people are afraid that they could end up like that. Not everybody, but some people are like, you know, that's just, that's some scary stuff. I, I that just yeah. that embodies everything I don't want to be. So we literally psychologically ignore it, just straight up like whatever. I mean, and I know with like my kid, I do agree with you. I wish we had more empathy because my son taught me a huge lesson. I was kind of jaded as a kid because my dad and we were very, a lot of like poverty level and we would go camping. And my dad had given money to a panhandler in um, Grenada, Mississippi, I'll never forget it. And we went swimming, he gave some money to this guy and uh, my dad is tight, he don't give money to nobody. So my dad, uh, my daddy was like, well, you know what, I'll give it in front of my kids, I guess I'll be a good example. 
Um, we had some raggedy ass car, lived in, we always grew up in trailer parks, like no money. And we come back and we see this guy getting into like a brand new fucking Buick. I mean, it was literally him. He's packing a sign away. It, this is what his job was. He did oh, not yeah. care. It was so crazy. Yeah. So that jaded me, right? Okay, and that happens all the time. So fast forward, I'm in Seattle, a lot of homeless people. I would not give money for the longest time to homeless people because I was so jaded from that. Because I, I was like, my dad worked hard for that money and you have the nicer car than what we have in our life. That's crazy. And that stuck with me my whole life. Well, we're driving in Seattle and there's always homeless people. Jaden, my, my oldest, is um, more empathic like me. He's got the autism as well, uh, but he's very high functioning, good, whatever. So we're driving and I am like all like, we got to go. We got to go. Like we're late to school. I'm late to work. I had to work like a couple jobs. So I'm already in like, like hectic mode and we're on the way to school already late as per usual. And Jade's like, mom, mama, mama, we got to stop that stop. And I'm like, no dude, not today. There's a million. We can, you can give your, your allowance to another dude. And he's like, no mama. And I passed the guy. We had the time and I passed him anyway on purpose. Cause I, I, I mean, we didn't have the time, but we had the time. So we passed them on purpose. And I think that it's not going to bother my son. I think, like you said, most of us, we drive past and we don't think of them again. My son starts bawling. Like he is crying so hard and he's asking me to turn around and he's asking me, please to go back. He needs to give this money to this man. And I'm just like, Jaden, honey, baby, we're about to get on the freeway. We're 40 minutes from your school. I cannot do that. Let's just move on. He goes to school. We go to the school, I come, I go to pick him up and the teacher's like, he's had a rough day. What happened? He's been crying about some homeless guy all day and that he needed to give him the money and he couldn't. And so he's been worried about him all day. And I was just like, wow. So the next day we come through and the, the guy, we actually got to know him because he was in our neighborhood, that, um, the central district of Seattle, if anybody knows that area, it has a mixed group of you know people with money and not. And, and so we got to know him later, but because we met him but he really was just down on his luck a little bit and Jaden was able to give him the money corrected that mental trauma that I had created for him and it taught me that like you just don't judge don't judge first don't go do you yeah. need it you can't like you yeah, can't judge but, first but you yeah. can't give everybody money either so I don't exactly know. so he, here's the thing why that guy specifically and With not me. the guy maybe there was somebody else at the life before Jaden hadn't seen, so he hadn't seen. Jay, oh well, my well, my son wants to stop for everyone. But but back, I don't like that question to begin with, though. I mean, my but my Just son because he can't because like, he can't really I mean, judge can't, how somebody wants to give. No no no, 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 I'm not saying stop him. I'm not saying. Stop yeah, no, he didn't, he didn't choose between I'm, anybody. Like he wants to help everyone, and he he just I kept I kept them away from homeless people for the most part. Like we didn't go to areas where they saw it as much. So when he saw that guy, and it was kind of like. We had just moved from Texas where it wasn't as prevalent when he saw that guy and he had the money in that moment. It wasn't that he chose between someone else. It was that he literally was like, well, he needs it. He hadn't had as much exposure to homeless people as other people may have or other kids may have. He was about seven at the time. And we just moved from San Antonio um, and he hadn't seen really homeless people. So he was like, the guy obviously needs it. He didn't have any- It's like, I think everybody does that. Everyone goes through and they do that. They're like, they ask themselves their questions like, oh man, like I've had a rough week. I've been working, busting my ass all week. I, I don't have enough money to give this person. Like we, we, it's like, we all kind of go through that, but 
I mean, do you, just, do you walk around and do, do you give money to every homeless person you, you encounter? No, not, not every, but it's just like the, the, it's like, but we all know the moment you do know when you have a little bit of extra, a little bit extra sure. can uh, disposable income. Like, like the instances where I do give money is like when I know I'm like route to go to like Jack in a box or something. I was like, you know what? I can bypass Jack in a box right now and let this person go get Jack in a box or something. I'll give them the money that I'm going to use on that. And that, and, and just small things like that. Like if I, if I have the little bit of change at that moment, I'll, I'll give it to somebody and, sure. and sacrifice that meal that I was going to go have or that, that red ball is going to go buy at Seven Eleven. That that's it. It's just like, but if it gets to a point where someone asks you and you say, no and you know you have money in your pocket or yeah some change you could give but you actually say no it, 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 the, the bar i always have is is like what, what 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 like what was i going to use this money on what disposable like if i was if i actually needed it for hey i actually needed to get gas later or something i keep it but if I, but if it's something else that i can do without like if i like because we we all like we're in a whole society of like we have excess of all this extra stuff that we we know like and with the quarantine we all have kind of learned that we don't really need that much to survive like no i mean all those can, like you can spare some change I'm, yeah I'm, all I'm those just like, saying that so, so somebody has to catch you well first of all to, to your point you know you never know what people are going through you could be having a horrible day that day and you're like you know what i'm not in the mood to give to give yeah. money even if i have some right, right? that could happen mm -hmm. Yeah, but you can happen. all, and if you really, if you really want to help, is giving every homeless person you run into a little bit of change. Let's say you have a pocket, pocket full of quarters, you know, and you, everybody you see, you give, you know, yeah. is, is there maybe a more efficient way to help than to, you know, go around and, and go to all the camps under the overpasses and go, hey, here's some money, hey, here's some money, yeah, here's some money. Yeah. What I taught my son, the way we handle it, because he sees it similar to me, like, I want to give, like, it's why I got into what I do. Like, I want to fix, I want to coach, I want to take in the stray cats, I want the dogs, I want to help, you know, that my life could not, I can't keep that kind of lifestyle up. I can't, there's no way to do that. Mm -hmm. So it's like when people are like trying to be vegetarian, but they can't always. And I'm like, you can't feel guilty if you have to eat a, some meat sometimes. It's okay. You're doing the best you can. The way I told him was like, Cause I had to admit to myself, like, it's not always that I don't have the money. Sometimes I'm just late for a movie and I don't want to deal with the person. So that's just to, to be honest, like, it's not yeah. that, I'm not, I, you know, I can't do it. It's that I just don't want, I'm with, I'm on a date. I'm going somewhere. So what I told him was with you, if you just feel like every now and then, like you want to give, give when you feel like you can as much as you can. And then if you can't, when you walk past someone, don't kill yourself over it. Don't sit yeah, there. That's like, true. Yeah, that, that's so, a good approach. So that's the way you're doing it right now. Uh, to your bigger question, I have friends that work in, they, they built, I told you guys, the Haven for Hope. They put together that program. It's here in San Antonio. A lot of cities in the country are, are trying to get that model for Haven for Hope's homeless indoor and outdoor area because some homeless people don't want to go indoors. They want to stay transient. So they have both of those areas. But my friends were the ones that kind of, the, the ones that hold the, the, the questions about like community. I've seen, breakdown. I've seen some of those community. I've actually visited a bunch of them too. Yeah, they do really. Like they do like some movie nights over there, like and, 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 and so kind that, of free housing. 
I think it's, you know, a bigger topic if you're wanting to feel like, like you said, how do you help in a bigger way? Because it's not about just taking a bunch of change to people. It's about building ways that people who have a way of life kind of set in themselves and wanting to be a certain way, bigger I programs. Think- so like with Haven for Hope, homelessness is, is approached differently. It's like, if you want to stay transient, like if that's just where your mental state is, you want a tent and you want to stay out in a community with people like that, they have an area, but you still get food. Or if you're somebody who literally just lost job a job and became homeless and you want the skills, or maybe you're 18 and put out of the system and you're homeless and you, you want skills, a place like Haven for Hope has an area for like people who are on up, like a, an upward trajectory of getting a job, people yeah. who are battered, people who want to stay in the homeless shelter for the night inside and live in there, people who have children separately and they go through the classes and then people who are outside that just keeps them safe so that they're out in a place that's safe and not, you know, so I think there's a big- I've seen like, I mean, I think the source of it is like empty, like, cause I'm, I I just came back from living in LA and not in the homeless issue that's out in LA is another is another tier of something that I've not ever experienced ever in my life like it's not like I think most of the people that I see here in in Austin are all kind of like the same level but like in LA there's there's tiers of homelessness people like you have like you have like this bottom tier where it's like you're got kind of homeless people that are like are like have addiction issues or are or just like gone and like and just like on drugs and stuff and stuff like that and then you have like this other middle tier of homeless people that those are like your panhandler guys that are just kind of like they they have a tent and stuff they come out they 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 ask for money and stuff like that and then you have this other this top layer of homeless people that i've never seen before where there are people that look exactly like you and me that 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 you'll see like in the nightclubs and stuff but then you'll also see them go into their car at night and they sleep in their car because they they don't they they can't they they don't they don't they can't afford they don't their credit's not good enough for them to get like apartments or something Mm -hmm. and they're and and they're everywhere like it's just like all parts necessary there is like actors and actresses trying to make it so they have to be seen in places and they're in LA. But I think no, like it's no, no, because this is like yeah. out in this is like out in uh, Ontario. This well, is like not in LA. Like this I is like it. I'm, I'm seeing in LA. I but like I always that's what I've had experience with is yeah. that a lot of those people came out there and they're trying to make it, and so they have to be seen at the clubs and interacting and networking, but they don't have the money for yeah. Oh, but but what I'm saying, but, but what I'm saying is like uh, I always look at all those levels of 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 this homeless issue, and I'm like. Like people, you're like you, every. I think everyone. We're like we're like two or three bad string of events from being in that position. Oh, that's that's I all. Mean, that's all it took. It's like maybe maybe you. It was like all hit at this exact same time where you lost your job, your your apartment burned down, and this like and that, now you're homeless. Like at that like it, just yeah, like that in the blink of an eye. Like it's just like I and, watched this uh, this. No, John Oliver on on HBO did a whole thing about homelessness a few, uh-huh. uh, about a couple of weeks ago. Uh, actually, it wasn't about homelessness; it's about evictions. Yeah. Okay. And how people now who lost their jobs can't pay their rent, and landlords like, "Look, man, you gotta get the fuck out," and they that's gonna turn into a homelessness problem. Yeah. Uh, because there are some landlords out there who are actually giving their tenants a break, and they're you know far and few in between 
Uh, but a lot of landlords are like, look, I got to take care of my shit. I got property tax to, to pay. I got all these things to pay. So sorry, if you're, if you're out, you're out. It's nothing personal. It's yeah. just business. And next thing you know, and like, like you said, Kim, most people, majority of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. And so yeah. fast forward, if this and COVID, uh, lockdown COVID thing, just added to this, this huh? whole Oh yeah, COVID I mean, just it's, it's gonna to happen. Issue. It, it's gonna happen. People will I mean, get kicked I, out I, of their homes. And what, and what, and what, what he was talking about in his, what he was talking about in his, uh, um, in his expose was that, um, landlords can already file right now, to, get rid of their tenants, it but it won't be uh, effective until later. And so what's, what's going to happen is that you have people that can't pay rent and it's, it's, it's okay. But then because the landlord filed at that time and then fast forward three months from now when things are open or whatever, and like, I can pay like, well, you didn't pay for these months and I filed back then. So sorry, you got to go. Yeah. Yeah. And I've got two friends on my Facebook feed that literally, I would have never, ever thought that I would open up my Facebook feed. And they were like, so we got evicted. I, like we have a GoFundMe up, we and I was like, uh, what? They were like, we're homeless, and I thought it was like, I just, I was so confused. One had a GoFundMe, and one was just telling them. But that, everyone's like, what are you? Where are you living? What are you doing? Because their family was like overseas in different places of the country, or like one one family didn't have both sides of their family have died. That they were only children, and their parents were dead. They don't have family except for themselves. Well, they were literally living with like their two kids in like their minivan. They were just regular America type people, but they were like, we're living at like a, a little RV park where we can, they, they let us, we begged them to let us park our van for $40 a week or whatever right now, because like we're literally getting no money from anything other than like shipped or waiting to get a job at the grocery store or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I was shocked. Like I was in like they, they their whole world because of COVID they both were laid off. The landlord did what you said. The landlord had already started the eviction thing. So as soon as Texas said landlords could start the eviction process again, they went ahead and said, bam, you're done. They kicked them out. One one lady and her husband was like on the way back from like a family member's house that had gotten COVID in another state and all of their stuff had already been taken out of the apartment and rained on. I mean, like we're this is going to become much different like if you want to know a lot about like LA's type thing, you can watch the documentary on Skid Row. Skid Row is like the top tier of yeah, I, they govern themselves. The police don't even. I know. I I had one of my scariest encounters in L in LA on Skid Row because I it was my my very first time in LA and I didn't know my way around anywhere like in downtown oh, LA no. and I was driving my like my my rented car. I was driving my rented car and I took a wrong turn and I end up on Skid Row and it was just a, like all I see is just dust and I can't see through the to the end of the end of the street and then when the dust starts clearing I'm surrounded by hundreds of home people and they see this brand new car coming through their 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 street and they just start shaking my car. Are you serious? Shake, oh, shake, rocking my car and I was oh, just like, man. oh, like I was like, what, what in the world is happening? I'm gonna have to in this car but i can't get out of the car because they're gonna attack me what is happening i just keep i just keep um, slow on the pedal just keep driving as slow but through as wild, possible i'm just like what over. is happening the what thing about la that's quite wild is two streets over is the big ass fucking fashion district 
So it's where all of the fashion district and all the fancy things go. And then literally two streets over, if you take that wrong turn, you go into what looks like Mad Max. It's dusty. Holy shit. They cover yeah. themselves. They dress. And they have like, yeah. They and now they have like the Intercontinental Hotel that's like only a couple blocks away. I was like, how is this built like multi-million dollar hotel here next to this crazy ass street? Yeah, <laughs> like it's just so it's it's insane. But I would want if you if for people who want to understand homelessness mindset, I really would watch the documentary about Skid Row. Um, because yeah. people don't understand why people want to stay um homeless and it's because it's just sometimes it's a mental illness issue or sometimes it's a way of life issue for them but they really prefer being homeless and they they've got a partner i mean i i watched that documentary um i ended up on skid row in a bad situation too when i went out to la to shoot a video my friend and oh, i took the wrong street and um same thing like we rolled down the window to ask for directions and a woman told me go now like she was a little more put together but she was like, get the fuck out of here right now. And I was like, she was rude. And then when we go out to eat later, this is my first time there. We go out to eat and I said, yeah, this lady on like, you know, whatever, Skid Row or whatever. And they were like, well, yeah, she saved your life probably because they would have yanked you out of your car looking like that, acting like that. And I was like, oh, but when I watched the documentary, I had a much understand, I, I love to understand. I mean, it's just like, that helps me not judge so much. Uh -huh. um, and so I like to understand these, understand different people. And I was watching that documentary and I was like oh I get now why it's not like the people don't have homes you can give some people the homes and they won't take them so not all of the the homeless population wants to get into a home and unfortunately our country thinks that sometimes we need to get yeah. them in a home we need to get them new clothes yeah. no sometimes we need to just give them an area that's safe where they can have their camps and that's what Haven for Hope does um Seattle, remember remember when the quarantine you can oh. put a tent like what I love is there was this douche type, or that's rude. There was this- No, 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 I'll say it. Uh, There's this asshole uh, millionaire in um, Seattle who was just like ridiculous. And because Seattle is so open with their homeless um, population, they are like, we don't want to stunt their way of life. It's their city too. They're very interesting the way they put it, but um, they can put their tents anywhere that's, you know, public, whatever, whatever. So yeah, there's a millionaire that would try to block everything, you know, and do all this stuff. So they went out and they literally set up camp with all their tents and all their stuff and everything in front of his million dollar, billion dollar home that he was trying to sell. And it, they blocked him from selling. Like nobody oh. would buy it because he, could, he couldn't get rid of it. Like he kept dropping the price and everyone's like, I don't want to look out on tent all day. Like that's not- like you, you remember remember when the, our COVID quarantine started and like um, everyone was worried about rent and they're like, hey, okay, you don't have to pay. We're going to defer rent in, in Austin for three months. But when July hits, you're going to be liable for those three months that you missed of rent all at the same time. Oh. Like, that, like if, if somebody actually took them up and did that, like it, this, they'll be hit with three times the rent, amount of rent that they've ever been hit ever. Like, it's just it's stupidity. <laughs> like, it's just well, who, who can, look when you who don't can have do a choice. that? That's they gave us the option of paying rent if you paid your rent on time, they gave you this incentive. Like if you paid your rent on time all three months, they gave you 20% off of the final month or whatever, because I think they knew people were going to start bouncing. Um, so uh -huh. I was like, yeah, I'll pay my rent on time. Like I'm in a stage of life at this, at least at this point that I can pay it on time and get that discount. Right. But I was reading the message boards and people were just like, like really uneducated about it. And they were like, no, I'm just going to like, and I get this point too. Here's what some people were doing. 
is some people were like, I'm not paying my rent. I'm just going to put it. And this is what I actually was going to do too. Because I was like, what happens if something crazy happens with my health or whatever? I don't know. Lose my job. And so what, what, you're, yo, what you're saying is so true because you're well, not the first person I heard this from. Like so many people are well, like, for this month, money. this month are not going to are not going to pay rent. Yeah, like <laughs> save the money, put it in savings, because if something happens and I get kicked out or not kicked out, but I need to go somewhere or do something and I need that money, I can go travel and live with my parents. That's what my brain was. I can personally, I can go live with my parents on a mountain in Arkansas. It's not preferable. Um, by any means because they are wild mm -hmm. as, and it's like duck dynasty meets like jerry springer a lot of times <laughs> but um and i see some of my family and friends have popped on and, I, and some of you like me and like of my family and some of you don't like me so you this is another reason i'm sure but anyway so the thing is i'm talking extended family but um mm -hmm. like kim's always talking about our business like it, it's not it's not your name if it's not i mean nobody knows your name so you're good but here's the thing so i weighed it I said to Sinjin, you have a job when uh, my ex-boyfriend, um, which I still talk to. So, I mean, it's no drama there. So Sinjin, you have a job. I have, a, you know, I work, what happens if like clients don't, you know, want to pay or life or blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I think we should maybe not pay it because we don't know what the government's going to do. And so let's put it in savings. And then when they do, oh, it's due, we can take the money. If we want to stay here, we pay it. But if we don't want to stay here, if shit gets wild and we need, but, you know, extra money, we have three months of rent, you know, like uh, $4,500 or whatever that matters yeah. for living expenses. And maybe we could go it's somewhere true. else. Like, like, I, it's... Can, I can live in a van. I can put a twin mattress in the back of my van and my kids I... are good to go for camping for about two weeks, two months. Yeah, but so, most people, and I won't say most people, but the, the idea of saving right. is not, like, to begin with, is like, not something I, like, I got to eat or... Like, or like are you prepared for like a worst case scenario because i i feel that's yes, how i kind of yeah yeah because like, like with the way because with the way all these uh this testing is going and the way they want to keep they want to go into like a second shutdown it's like my mind goes into like safety net mode like what what needs to happen like to if, if we shut down again and we quarantine for like another month or so and i don't have another and like I, i've been out of work since march 13th <laughs> that was the last time I worked in uh, I'm supposed to go back to work next month. So I have to just like, as of right now, I'm supposed to just kind of coast. like save fun, like coast, coast yeah, for one house. more month. But, but if, so, but this next, shutdown, of, but this, but this next shutdown, how much longer will that extend stuff? But that's huh? the other thing too, is like, I mean, one of the things is, is that if people, if people don't pay rent, if they don't pay the rent, then they're the the landlords and all of those people start losing businesses and all of that. The government's more likely to open up again because I mean that's a, that is a point that they have to make is that if the big businesses are losing money, which is real estate, is the big business, and if people are holding that that paycheck, which is an argument a lot of people have made, if people mm -hmm. are holding that rent right now and the big mortgage companies are not getting their money, the banks are not getting their money then they're going to go, let's, okay, let's open back up so these people can go to their jobs and pay their rent again. So there's a lot that people are weighing. But then the other thing is if you, if they don't open back up and it's a complete shutdown and you gambled on that and you didn't, you know, you don't have other savings, then you're screwed. So it's, I mean, I don't know that there's a right answer in any of that for anybody. It's a person to person well, situation. I, I, I saw that. Um, so when they, uh, like people get evicted, uh, 
when the landlord like calls up and say, well, you know, you should have thought of this, thought this through and uh, you should have saved some money. You know, you uh, should put some money aside just in case this shit happened. But you're like, yeah, but you too, as a landlord, you should have like saved some money on your end in case this kind of shit happens. Uh-huh. So you can't just yeah. blame the tenants and said you were irresponsible when you as a landlord were not in the first place. So I, I think that extends to bars and restaurants like I have a friend here in San Antonio that does very very well and saves and spends the right money with his 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 bars and the way that in his uh his restaurants here and so he like has done well he's done still okay he can stay open not open but he can still maintain his business because he has a, a different way of doing his business and he has a reserve but a lot of the bars that are complaining about we can't stay open and we're going to close again, there is a, a correct way of doing business also in the, in that industry, not just real estate. So when it's like, I can't go back to my job because I'm a bartender because nobody's saying anything. It's like, well, you also need to talk to your boss about how they were spending all the money they were making and not putting it back into their business and savings for something that could happen as well. So it, do, it doesn't just extend to just the real estate and the tenants. If something had it could happen, it extends sense to businesses too, because it's not just a savings problem with people. As Americans, people who have small businesses will make their money and they won't put the money back into savings if something happens with their business. Because I coach in this, people come to me who lose their business, and then I have to go, "What happened? We spent through the money, okay? Well, you weren't putting back into your business for savings in case something happened and you lost a bunch of clients." No, we wanted just the bigger house. We wanted bigger things. Right. So, so it is the, then then it is about people not wanting to save. Like whether it's a business or it's personal yeah. or it's you know the government. It's like, look, I you know my priority is not to is not to save for any day. And yeah, the ones who end up saving are the ones who who are better off. And we got into a lot of arguments where people were like, you're not talking enough. And I was like, or or you're acting happy or you're posting photos or you're buying new big plants and different things. And I'm like, well, well, because we have savings. You know, I got sick two years ago and almost died. And that was a wake up call for me to save and to make sure that I saved as much as I spent. And we get crap for living in a one bedroom. Like we have we have I have two kids. You see this bed here? This is our, we, we live in a one bedroom apartment. I have the living room because like any other country, you can live in a studio and have your living room and bedroom together. So my bed is in the living room and my two teens share a room together because they don't want a separate room. So we, we downsize, we pay for a smaller apartment that has the less utilities, less drama, closer to everything that we're at so that we can save where some people are like my age, some of my friends, they want the big house with five bedrooms and an extra kitchen area and then two dining rooms. And they're paying for that big space, but they, you know, that's up to them. Yeah. So it, it is I mean, about it's a what splurging you're, thing. Yeah, we I have- I just wonder, I wonder which, uh, like I'm really curious, which industry will be the first one to collapse? Oh, like, and, I, I don't want, I don't say that like a, as a, a fearful, but I, I feel like at this point, how we're, the direction we're heading into one some one industry is going to call like just completely collapse service and i don't think we we had none of none of us have none of them have done it so far the airline industry is still going the stocks are still i, I going. think anything like, that has healthcare. to do with 
anything that has to do with large groups. So think about entertainment. entertainment. So when I say entertainment, it's think about production crews, think about event coordinators, think about like wedding coordinators, yeah. uh, think about people who do sound. Most DJs now are can't do shit but play on Twitch. Um, yeah. If you're in the business of getting people together, it's gonna be tough. It's tough for so you. So right it's like so bars, it's just like, restaurants. Do we just do like. Cause it sucks. Cause but I, churches are okay. Like, like a lot of my network, <laughs> we're all in in the entertainment industry. Like I feel, I feel so like much. If we're not, and if we're not in like, I uh, care. Like every time you talk, I can just feel that you just care so much. Like you're just, right. I can see the wheels going, and you're just like, I care so much. Like well, what? He has a big heart. Answer? Yeah. Like you're uh, just yeah. asking, like what's the answer? Like what's the answer? And I'm just, just like, trying to like figure out. Because I, because I'm big on, I want a solution. Like I, I don't want to just like has one. keep. I don't want to keep heading into like a brick road, like wall. I want like and let's talk about this and find a solution. But I've also grown a little bit out of feeling like there's a solution to everything. Like coming on forty, really, really kind of like life kind of fucking hit me hard and was like, look, it's not. It can't always be fixed. And I was always like, everything can be fixed life and relationships and people and puppies and broken. I can make cute things out of something that's broken and then business and everything. And sometimes it can't be fixed. It has to fall. It has to be fucking dead in the water. It just up. is. And then it has and to you deal with it. Phoenix. So, you think, so, so, so what we think pretty much, this is going to be a, like a, a Phoenix coming out of the ashes kind of experience for all of us. Yeah. Something's going to, something's going to get broken. And well, I think it's going to be, hold on, I, I want to I wanna wrap up soon too. Um, and we can talk for another five hours <laughs> offline like we did last, last week. Mm-hmm. No, but uh, I, I think there is a, uh, if, if, if you think about like the, whether it's, it's the, 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 the flu pandemic uh, from uh, early century, last century, or you think about any kind of big, uh, uh, like a recession or something like that, it takes, it takes years to get out of it. Like there's a before and an after type of deal. There's a before, there's a during when everybody got to suffer. And it's usually not one, just a few months. It's like, oh, during this, these three years, this four years or five years, this is how things work. And then eventually we got out of it because we learned more and we evolved and we adapted and we found new ways to fill in the blank. And I think this is this is going to be one of those where it's like people are hoping that everything will go back to normal by the end of the year. I think there's there no Thanksgiving, no Christmas. I'd rather think that now and be like 2020 is shot. It's been shot since February. Yeah. And then I'll see you in 2021. And even 2021 is not guaranteed because all the don't the, yeah, all I hope we've talked. Oh no, never mind. You keep going. We've we, we talked about this before, like. There's some lessons to be learned from this, from uh, from from this pandemic and this situation. Is that we live in a fragile world where one thing can just like take the whole planet and shut it down. Mm-hmm. And now that we know that, what do we do? And so, and it, and 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 it helps also put help people th- put things in perspective when you're like, oh yeah, this thing, you know. We're untouchable, you know, freedom. We're the most advanced, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, no, this shit could knock you out on your ass, could take you out of, out of your home, lose your jobs, kill, kill your, your, grand, your grandparents. So wake the fuck up because 
this yeah. is don't take anything for granted don't take it's shit just, for granted it's just so uh it's so frustrating like how like we're, we're months into this this pandemic and we're still like in first gear like how exactly. are we how are, how are we cycling back around to the beginning again where we have to redo every all the stuff we just did we have to redo it all over again because people are like and and if people like i've seen i've seen a lot of people, good people like try to get this message out but it seems like people are just so hard-headed they're like well with more testing that's why we have more cases no <laughs> for the hundreds i like even if you don't test those people those covid t cases are still out there just because you didn't test them doesn't mean it's not out there mm -hmm. still, the, the number is still there to uh, matter if you test it or you don't test it we're testing it right. lets us know it, it's there so it's just uh it's just, i, I, think, I don't I think know this, this is gonna, there's keep gonna going. be so much there's gonna be so much collateral damage and people some people think that oh after the elections this is all gonna disappear it's nah. not disappearing <laughs> this is here this is, we're in this that i like to leave people with like who i coach with and like why my business still goes is because i'm in the business of helping people transition and transform into something that's like multi layered for their life like multiple source income savings you know spirituality changes and life changes or whatever um but i think one of the things i've i've seen in the community i'm in and then also just like in trying in my clients that i've worked with prior to this is when talking to them you know i thought that my job would go down because i was like oh people won't have extra income for like coaching or something but people didn't have a, another job so they took that savings they had to come to someone like me and say, hey, I'm really good at all of these things. What can I do online? And I'm like, okay, this is what we can do for you online. But I think one of the biggest things that I'm learning to teach my clients is like, yes, savings. Like savings should just be like indoctrinated into kids at, at a certain age. My kids have a savings that does not does not touch, but they're they're the ones that guide it. But the thing is, is like savings is there, but also like the ability what I've seen is it's been really hard on people that only knew one thing. I'm a bartender. I'm a DJ. I'm a this. If you're not multifaceted, so in my world, I have about, we own a media company. And so as soon as this all happened, people started doing things online. So we transitioned what that media company does now. We have, and we had, we used to do events too. We completely got rid of the event side. Cause I'm like, I don't care if COVID is over tomorrow. Just don't want to even take a chance on it. But you, you have to have the ability to evolve and transition whatever it is that your gift is whatever it is your work is and always have a backup like a plan b have a passion that a side job that might work for you because what i found with a lot of people that came to me whether their parents paid for it or whatever they were like this is all i know how to do until we sat down and i was like i don't think this is all you know how to do you can't just only dj or only know how to bartender what are some other things you know how to do i might learn something new something else yeah. yeah or or yeah getting like a lot of people are getting um their certifications online exactly jobs yeah and that's what i that's what i you know teach some of my clients to do and this ability to transition and to transform i mean we laughed about it last week after hours um back that like i've lived 25 lives but it was out of the <laughs> ability to i was forced on me i always had to transition something ended and I had to figure out a way to transition. So I went with whatever was there. And I think that that's what we need to do is have an open mindset and not be so set on, I can do this job forever this way. And if I don't, I can't, the government will help me. That's not always the case. 
And we need to be a little bit more open to be multifaceted, which we talked about after hours as well, multifaceted, multi-layered humans so that we can adjust and do more than one thing and be a little bit more prepared mentally um, for it. Because when everything happened, I didn't freak out. We had food because I used to be Mormon. We talked about that. And so I have that, that one year food supply stuck in my head where I buy an extra thing every time we go. So we didn't have to worry about that. And it's just funny now where I go, I'm not Mormon, but I'm glad that I had learned that one, that one tool from that religion that taught me to be prepared for doomsday or whatever. Um, and I had the space for that because we didn't run out to the grocery store. We didn't have to subject ourselves to that first level of infections and all of that. So just, you know, I think if anybody's listening in this, like, Try to like improve yourself in the place of everybody's like, start a blog, do this, do that. Great. Do all that stuff. But during this time, try to figure out a way to be a multifaceted human being in your ability to, to work and offer the, the, the world and the community more of your talents. That's not just one thing you know how to do. If I could leave that with everybody. Yep. I got a number. Yeah. It's uh, nearly 70% of Americans have less than a thousand dollars in savings. 70%. And that's as of yeah. 20, uh, last year. So I'm going to hurt people's feelings with this one thing, but I've seen it in my coaching. I'm just going to call it out. Most people will say, I just don't have the money to save. Now, if you are a single mom or a young family and you literally are paycheck to paycheck and everything's going to bills, I'm not talking to you. I promise. But some of the people, a lot of people, a massive amount of the community population will say, I just don't have it to save. But then I've heard it. I've seen it a million times. I don't have the money to save. I can't do that. But I'm seeing you buy clothes. I'm seeing you buy Starbucks. I'm seeing you spend money that like extra money on going out to eat when you could be buying your meals and spending $6 for a meal for your family, but you spent $60. There's always places that you can save. So we cannot use, I don't make enough to save that much. Like that's just not true. Like I have, for me, I have, then I have one we, have, we have the savings. I just went through a breakup where I'm going to end double income home in the middle of COVID because my children and I just stuck to a plan and I told them we're not going to live extravagantly and this is how we live and we, we were minimalistic anyway but that's been able to make me feel better and that gives you that gives you yeah. mental mental security so a lot of these anxieties that everybody has during COVID, I feel like oh that would be helped you know it would be helped if you had savings to ride these times out because everybody's focused on mental health right now and well, this this whole time period like is built a bunch of hustlers too. I've seen a lot of new hustlers yeah, that, that, develop that, a bunch of get new creative, businesses. Get creative. Yeah. I want I want I want to oh, leave yeah, with this. Yeah. Uh, there's there there are um, like online savings account online that you can like instead of putting in it in your savings account in your bank, which where you don't get any interest at all. There's all these online savings accounts that you can sign up. It's free. And then, you know, can transfer money there and that money will work for you because they're like a 2% interest you can get every month or whatever. Uh, I'm at a, the American uh, American Express savings account and every month, oh, plus, you know, plus 20, plus 40, plus eight, plus whatever. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of, just gotta, you know, take the time to look it up and see what works best for you. Uh, but like I said, this is gonna be, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a science expert or whatever or what, but, I'd rather be think that this is going to be here for a while and prepare accordingly than, you know, not do anything and hope that things get better and, you know, end up on the street. So yeah, that's, that's, that's my two cents. 
uh, we're gonna wrap we're gonna wrap it up because I know we Uh-oh. talk a lot. We, we touched on a lot of things. See, no, start with Kanye. Ended up on how to save money. <laughs> yeah, right. We came in with only one subject to talk about. It. Like <laughs> it just it just morphed into everything else. So yeah. so again, uh, thank you, Obi. Thank you, Kim. Uh, thank make you sure everybody you- for watching. Thank you for tuning in uh, and follow the feedback uh, on the social medias. And I'm, I'm, I'm about two episodes away from catching up the last week, as far as like putting it online. So um, subscribe, leave a comment, let, let, let us know what you think. You can uh, message the feedback at whatever platform. Uh, but yeah, we're trying to do this every week, Thursdays, nine o'clock. Thanks again for tuning in and Thank we'll you, talk Kimberly. to you next time. Thank you for having me. Ciao, ciao. Ciao.